Welcome back to the Hotbox Heroes, and today this is the Combat Corner. So you already know, I got myself here and my boy Bruno. What's good? What's good? For me, we're here to break it down, give you our thoughts, and we want to talk about it. So before we jump into the episode, I want to say my boy also wants to say that, you know, for everybody in Hawaii who was hurt by that extreme fire in any type of way, whether it be a loss or losing a home or whatever it is, you know, our condolences, we wish you the best. And everybody, please help Hawaii, look at Hawaii and give them your prayers and send your vibes that way. With that being said, though, shout out Max Holloway, shout out the Hawaiian fighters, help them make Hawaii back to a better place. And just a little side note, for the reasons for the fire and all of that, you know, I'll be discussing that on another episode. So stay tuned for that. But back to the combat corner. We're going to start off with a new segment and my boy going to introduce it. So I wanted to bring in a new segment called On the Radar. And this is for up and coming fighter. You know, it doesn't have to be up and coming as in age or anything like that. But just a fighter that, uh, you know, their name might not be out there yet. But I feel like it might get big. And even if it doesn't get big, it's just a fighter, something that I appreciate in their game. And uh, I see something in their future for them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be called the On the Radar segment. And I got two fighters from this card that I would um, like to highlight for that. And, okay, so the card we're talking about was the card that just passed. Yeah, so, Holloway um, versus Korean Zombie. And let's jump into it. So who do you got on the radar? So for my first On the Radar fighter, I have... Um, Actually, both of these fighters, I, I do see potential in them, but we're specifically going to talk about the winner, uh, Billy Goff versus Yusaku Kinoshita, right? Okay. So, uh, Billy Goff, I think he had one fight, like, short-notice fight before this, and I can't remember if he won or not, but he, he you know, he showed himself. He showed that he's a fighter. He's a brawler, you know. Um but this is probably like one of his own. This was his first shot at like a full camp and everything like that. So he's fighting Yusaku Kinoshita, who is actually at well. This is at welterweight. They're both. They're both up and comers. Yusaku is definitely an up and comer. I saw a lot of potential in him. Uh, I still see potential in him, and he is a solid fighter. Uh, he he could have been on this segment too if he had won. Okay. Um. So Billy Goff. Wins the fight with his body work. He hit he hit him with a hook, I believe, to probably his ribs or something like that. And, yeah, Kinoshita felt the pain and dropped, and he just finished him right there. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise, the, the fight was, it was first-round finish, but it was a very solid fight. And we saw, the things I like from Billy Goff, we saw really good durability. He was getting hit with strong shots. By Kinoshita because he 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 is a good fight. Kinoshita is a good fighter. He is a still a good prospect, and when he's in his own pace, he can cause problems. You know, he was feeling very comfortable at that fight. He was a very confident fighter, and he was getting his shots in too. But mm-hmm. Billy Goff stuck in there, was trying to land his counters, apply his pressure, and he's just a good example of technical brawling. Like he really got him to where he wanted him, and he would drop his hooks in, get him to the fence. And he was peppering him with body shots the entire time. But that one that landed, that hook, oh, my God, it was beautiful. The durability, especially as a UFC fighter, you got to you gotta have that in your arsenal. You know, back to the conditioning I was talking about the last episode, you know. 
You got to really focus on conditioning so your durability could be as long as as you can possibly hold out, you feel me? Mm-hmm. And with that being said, Billy Goff, you know, great example. He came in with those hooks, the technical, I guess, brawling, as you said, a little method to the madness. But it was nice seeing Billy Goff take the W. And let's go on to the next one. And for my next... Even though uh, he lost, I still think of him as a as an under-radar fighter, still at welterweight. We have Rolando Bedoya versus okay. Son Kanan. Son Kanan got the win, which um, a great win, vet performance. Um, he has he, We already know this about him. He has strong shots. He has good durability. And he kept the pressure the entire fight. Even though he definite, definitively lost the first round, he kept the pressure and just showed... He showed the rookie what, what vets do. You know, he kept the pressure on. He landed his good shots. And, yeah, as the fight kept going, the momentum switched. But at the beginning, I thought this was going to be a quick finish. It was it was definitely heading towards a finish. Rolando Bedoya, to kind of mirror their image of the last fight at welterweight with Billy Goff and Kinoshita, they were fighting at a kind of slower pace. And that's why I really like welterweight. Because you have the guys that, are definite that definitively like they couldn't fight at lightweight like they're kind of slower but they have more power you know and then you have guys like Rolando Bedoya where you could believe that he could probably cut down to 155 yeah but the speed translates to welterweight so he's very fast and the angles on his shots are very unpredictable he was showing he he was he was throwing very good technical striking but the just the angles make it so that you really don't know where it's going to land completely and he had very he has very good volume still even when he was losing the fight the volume was always there and he has pretty hard shots for that volume too it's not like a pitter patter you could hear the shots they're hard and he definitely has a good chin because he was he started getting rocked out of position by um canon and he he kept in there you know and yeah so what you said on the welterweight division you know the welterweight division is one I would say of definitely not of speed but strength. And I say that because you know we had past champions like Robbie Lawler, remember Johnny Hendricks, mm-hmm. GSP, um what's Matt Hughes? You know, we got some some strong welterweight competition. Bodybuilder looking types too. Like they yeah. were they were shredded, yeah. And we had, you, you know, know, recent examples like Kamaru Usman. Even uh, Tyron Woodley when he was at, the, at his peak, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, for example, like, Usman, Leon Edwards, uh, to an extent, I would say Woodley. But, you know, those are are some of the fighters that are able to use speed with their power. Which is nice to see, a little mix-up. But, yeah, the welterweight division is a powerhouse for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I wanted to put the spotlight on Rolando Bedoya because I I do see that he could bounce back from this. It wasn't he didn't get knocked out. It was a, it was a learning lesson for him, you know. If he had more experience, I think that he could have made the adjustments when he began losing momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now he only fights in his own way. His way is very is very good, very effective. But as we see, you put a guy that's it's all about composure. A guy that's composed that could take the shots, roll with them. 
and just keep coming, they're going to usually take advantage of a guy that only knows how to fight one way. So, yeah, I think from this, he'll probably bounce back and, you know, change up his game a little bit, maybe slow down, then speed up, you know, just just vary his game up a little bit, and I think he'll come back stronger from this. And shout out to no, Hopefully, hopefully uh, it's always great to see a fighter, and especially if you're a fighter, I highly recommend that, you know, you break down your tape and you make the adjustments because really it's all about adversity and how you adjust to that, you know? Yeah. Because at any moment, some fighter could switch his style or throw a haymaker and, you know, you just got to see it and adapt. For real, yeah. And he's a young fighter, so I, I really have no doubt that he's going to, with the confidence he has and the style he has now, I'm sure that he will... He's going to go on to do much better things, too. For sure. So keep at it. You know, we like to see you in future cards, put in that pain, and adapt to the situations at hand. Mm -hmm. With that being said, now we move on to some some of the fights on the past card that we want to dive into a little bit that deserve some reflection. Because the last card, what were your thoughts on the last card? I think that it was actually pretty solid. Like, I had a good amount of choices. You know, there were a good amount of finishes on it. But I, what I really liked was, you know, like, nah, there was a good amount of finishes, and there was a lot of display of skill on this card. I really like it. Yeah, there or, was. You saw some dogs on this card. You saw some just straight knockout artists. Like, you saw a lot of things that were, you know, that's what you want to see when you're fighting. And you had a fucking killer main event. I, I think this is a great card. It's a great fight night card. Um... And yeah, the Singapore crowd too was great. I I really like. Oh yeah. The, um, some some of these international venues, not some, most of these international venues are just amazing because you see these guys, and you know what? They're they they might be one sided towards their Asian fan, fighters because you know obviously it's Singapore. But As if you put go. if you show a good performance, they're gonna cheer you on too. I didn't and really hear did. a lot of booing. I didn't hear a lot of booing. I heard a lot of cheers. And even and if you displayed skill, they they cheered you on. So, all love, all respect to the Singapore crowd. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. And to go a little more in depth with that, the Singapore crowd, they no matter if their Asian fighter had went down or got rocked, they still respected and supported the fighter who was winning. Mm -hmm. And you know you don't really see that all the time. But it's nice to see that the crowd is here for, for the real fights and just the fighting spirit. Yeah, it definitely gave me, like, the OG Brazilian crowd vibe. Yeah, for sure. Because that, that crowd has definitely changed. But the OG Brazilian crowd, that was fire. All right. So, with that being said, what match you want to highlight? Well, um, one I really wanted to highlight, obviously, with my... Polish bias was uh, Chidi New Chidi Injukwani versus Michał Olegjanczuk. Okay. This fight, well, knowing a couple factors about this fight, the fact that Michał Olegjanczuk was going down to middleweight, he's been fighting at late heavyweight, middleweight. Like he he was kind of he's finally made the decision to move down to middleweight because he was kind of smaller at light heavyweight. But when I saw these two men in the cage, I was like, bro, I don't know if that was I don't know what the the right decision for this guy is because. Chidi was way bigger than this guy. He was taller. Yeah. He looked more filled out. I don't know if um, I don't know if Alexei just needs more time to 
uh, build himself up in that division or what. But it had me a little nervous when I when I first seen just the frames. And then when the fight started itself, I was even more nervous because Injiquani at the beginning of this fight was putting work in. He was showing a beautiful, masterful Muay Thai performance. He was landing sick kicks to the body, front kicks, knees in the clinch. It looked like uh, Oleg Janchuk didn't have a uh, chance in there. It didn't look like he had an option. He was trying to fight his game, but Injiquani was just, he was just dominating. Yeah, you know, like, it's a perfect example of, you know, you see a fighter come in a little more filled out, a little more brolic. But, you know, sometimes the strength doesn't really play a factor, you feel me? Mm-hmm. And then and we could see that with this fight. Yeah, and then, and then, then Jaquani kind of, he looked like he was starting to disrespect Oleg Janchik too because knowing that he's he's doing so well in the striking, I don't know why he tried to go for He went for two takedown attempts in this fight. Both of them were not in his favor. I don't know why he did them. Maybe he felt something. Maybe a, a punch had landed. I would have to look at the tape again. But he went for just a foolish takedown, which gave uh, Oleg Janchuk a chance to recover again. And then I think, yeah, yeah, when they got back up, Chidi landed a flush head kick mm. on this guy's head, bro. And the dog in Oleg Janchuk to eat that head kick obviously rocked. His, his legs were trembling from that shit. And as soon as Chidi came forward, try and drop a fucking overhand right and start, he started throwing like that motherfucker was rocked, was insane. And yeah, from there, Mihao took the momentum of him getting rocked to land a shot on Chidi, dropped him, and finished him off on the ground. And that's no, the type of dog work. performance you want to see, man. That, that was fucking a dog in that cage right there. He has some work to do though because that was not that's not what you want to you know show in the division but yeah pure dog you know, performance and you love to see it it's great seeing you know a fighter come out put that dog out there boy i wonder like as a fan and then i guess as a fighter as well but as a fan we all want to see just two fighters just bang it out Go back to back, blood on the mat, everything. Mm-hmm. Knocked out, came back, and he's in it to win it. But as a fighter, you know, there's some fighters that I could say do go for that, but that shouldn't be your highlight of the fight. You feel me? Yeah. You you shouldn't as a fighter, you shouldn't be looking for a brawl. You should be trying to end a brawl. Yeah, unless you're like Billy Goff and you got that sophisticated brawling. You know, you don't want to. Yeah. There, there is no way to recover your chin after you've been knocked out or you've been damaged. You only get, you only take mileage in a in the fight sport. You know, like you're gonna you're gonna get better. Your skills are gonna get better, but in terms of your durability and stuff, you only get worse. You don't want to be in a lot of wars because after every war, things can change for you. You might learn something about yourself, but your body itself, it's not gonna get stronger from getting destroyed. Exactly, you know. Yeah. So you got to focus up. Yeah. Now, I want to bring up one of the fights that I've seen. And let me just go to the card real quick so I don't, don't you know, uh, say his name wrong. Mm-hmm. But it was Rinya Nakamura versus Fernie Garcia. Okay. And that fight was... 
that fight kind of took me back a little bit because they are kind of two new fighters. And Ryan, Rinaya, Nakamura, his leg kicks were going crazy mm-hmm. on Garcia. Garcia was not able to keep up with that, which is... I like seeing the more emphasis on not just looking for a knockout, but I like seeing how in these past couple of cards, these fighters are coming a little more with the Muay Thai kickbox style because they're putting in those leg kicks and those, and they're strong. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to highlight Nakamura's leg kicks. It was great. And then that arm bar he almost had. That was one of the most devious arm bars I've seen <laughs> in a while, bro. Because... Let's just let's just take back a moment real quick. Not only did Nakamaro get the legs over the head, pull on the elbow for dear life, because I honestly thought Garcia was going to get his shit broken. And I would have respected it. I'm not saying you should go in and not tap, but like I respect the broken arm. But Nakamaro grabbed onto that arm for dear life, pulled it, and all respect to Garcia because his durability is amazing. Mm-hmm. And he had that lock. I saw the back of the elbow really facing upwards, and I thought it was over. But Ugh. you know, it was a it was a great fight, great skill for knowing to keep attacking with the leg kicks. And you know, Nakamura's pressure for a new fighter it looked very well, and I, I want to see him in more more fights. So. I can see what other spectacular shit he's going to throw at us. Yeah. This card was good for the up-and-coming fighters. There's a lot of young guys on this card. And uh, no, and he's exciting. fighting out of Japan. I never really saw too many Japan fighters in the UFC. Yeah. So this is nice. This is very nice. For sure. Yeah. It's great. It's great to see that, you know, the different styles coming out of different markets and stuff. They have really good um, ground games coming out of Japan. And it's very, um, it's very, like... I guess it's not, I don't know how to describe it. It's very like um, joint based submission type things. Like they don't mind going yeah, for an very arm bar. So. They don't mind going for an arm bar. You know, we obviously zombie, the first twister in the UFC, they like doing interesting things on the ground. So it's very, it's very nice to see. Cause a lot of times what we see now with MMA evolving is that, the jiu-jitsu is mostly, it's it's position over submission. It's, you know, the most efficient thing to do. And sometimes it's fun to see somebody attempt something that's different, you know? Yeah, you know, that's what I liked, as you said, about this card. It was great for the up-and-coming fighters. And we're seeing the new gen really take take their part in. For example, Japan coming in with a crazy ground game like that for a first intro in the UFC, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I like how we are doing, I know it's more position over submission, as we could see some people just literally sit on top of the other opponent. But some people, as we've seen, like Nakamura, he went in for the kill and tried his best to get that submission. Yeah, all respect for that. So, my boy, what's your pick? Um, this is actually my last spotlight pick for the card. I think we both agreed on this one. Um, mm-hmm. Toshiomi Kazama versus Garrett Arnfield at Bantamweight. Oh, this was a great fight. I, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect when I watched this fight, but I saw this and I was like, wow. Um, I forgot they were Bantamweights for a second. 
the way it's for real the way Garrett Am- Armfield applied that pressure and just the like all his shots looked like they had power he but he had really great volume with that power you know um he had it was he was throwing a lot of cobbles he never gave up on throwing the cobbles mm-hmm. he kept up jab he kept pushing in with that jab which was spectacular cuz the jab would open up all different type of combos for you to throw on your opponent. Yeah. And and the pressure was very efficient. He got him to the fence. He was just push he just kept pushing him to the fence. And I expected with the way he was throwing the combos, they all looked very devious. You know, I thought he was gonna run out of energy or something. I'm not saying this and fight went a long hits. time. I was hearing the hits. Yeah, but nah, he was landing super strong shots, got him to the fence, and he finished him on it. Um you know yeah. I wanna say back to the durability. You know, could would you have thought that Cosmo could have waited and waited to round two, maybe? Nah, nah. I thought it was a good stoppage. I think obviously as a fighter, you're gonna be mad at the ref, you know, for ending the fight, but I think that he was on his way to getting finished. Like there there's no point at that point. Like he the way Garrett Armfield was applying that pressure, the way he got him on the fence and the shots he was landing. Even if you got up, it was only going to get worse. You know? Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, Armfield pieced Cosmo up, bro. He pieced him up from jump. And I want to say Cosmo, maybe, like, I'm not sure on the injuries he sustained, but it looked to me that maybe he got his nose broken. I don't remember that, but, I mean, the way he was throwing those hooks, I, I could believe it for sure. His nose and I was feel like Cosmo... Cos, I think Cosmo just couldn't couldn't withstand the pain no more too because the Cabo's armfield was throwing and landing mm-hmm. was astonishing. Yeah. So I think you know a broken nose is a very severe injury. You know, fighting and especially getting tapped on your broken nose repeatedly it's it's gonna it's gonna hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a sensational fight. That was where we actually see pressure applied. In the right way. Yeah, and he just looks like a little tank for that division too. Like he, he looked very well built for that division. Usually Bantamweight nah, tank look a little smaller. He looked pretty um rounded out that division too. To be thrown that like and that and not get too tired. Facts, you know, movement at the Bantamweight division, it's it means a lot. You know, not only movement as in you see your opponent go down to keep applying pressure, but movement just in the ring, never just standing in one spot, always switching your stances, you know, a little sidestep here, a little sidestep there. Especially at bantamweight, movement can make and break your match. Mm-hmm. So it was great to see uh, Armfield really define those principles and, and take the dub. I'm very excited to see him in the next fight because... I'll call it from now. I think his next fight might end up in a TKO. I can see that happening 100%. And he seemed very amped to be out there, so we might see him soon. Dana, yo, sign him to the next card. All right, what? I got one fight, too, that I didn't know he was in the UFC, and it's Junior Tafo. Uh-huh. I really wasn't expecting that. But after seeing that fight, I was like, wow. 
I didn't think Junior Tafa would have it in him. I'm gonna be very honest. Why you say that? This was my first introduction to him mm. in the UFC, so I just didn't know how he would handle it. Okay. But I ate my words and big fan, especially of both the brothers. Yeah. That right knee and the clench after he pieced Porter up mm-hmm. and then landed with the right hand was beautiful. You know, clench work at that weight. And and you know what I liked about Junior Tafa is that no shame to Porter. Like, definitely no shame. But when you're performing at heavyweight, obviously, you're, you know, you're heavy. But Porter came in looking heavy and I would say a little more sluggish. Junior Tafa came in a little built for heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And that that's and, that that's the main differentiator at heavyweight, you know. The top guys they come in and condition it. Just because you can hit three sixty five doesn't mean you should, or three fifty six. Exactly. I think. Yeah, but either way, you don't. I mean, two fifty six. Did I say three fifty six? That would be insane. Yeah. Nah, but either way, uh, you don't have to hit that limit. And I mean, Parker Porter, or he's always been that type of fighter. You know, he's always been real a real big guy, and I hope he's made his money because you know this is a new generation of MMA. The top heavyweights now, they're coming in the limit, you know, slim and trim, bro. They're not they're not playing. And the Tafa brothers, they might not have the style to get them to the very top, but I know they're gonna make a lot of money at heavyweight with just how you said that efficient clinch work, beautiful kickboxing. They're gonna get rid of these old generation of heavyweights that think like, oh, I could just slack off. I could be big, like I remember, and just throw one overhand right, and then I'll end the fight. Like, exactly, and I, I listen. Like we said that's before, we don't want to disrespect nobody, but this is a new generation, and uh, and yeah, bro. Like they were yeah. talking, the commentators were talking about how Parker Porter was saying he lost weight for this fight. What he was losing weight, like he was so big for his last fight, bro. You Parker Porter's been in this division. He's been in the UFC for a, a good minute, bro. A while now. Like six now is, at least now is not the time to start thinking. Oh, I should take my career serious. You should have taken it from the beginning. You're in the best they organization want. in the world. If you want to be in there for a long time, you got to take shit serious. So yeah. yeah, Porter. From Porter, we would need to see more conditioning. Definitely a little, a little slim trim, and I don't want to say that that he wasn't able to piece up Tafa, but I need to see more technical um more technical shots being thrown. A little more technical kickboxing. Cause Junior Tafa, it looked like he was a vet in that fight, to be mm-hmm. honest. He was really breaking through all of Porter's guards and and seeing beforehand what Porter would throw. I mean, I see what Porter was trying to do. Like it wasn't the wrong idea. It's just you weren't doing it correctly. And Tafa yeah. capitalized. Like uh, the thing that really pisses me off here is, there are fighters that you know they this might be a second job to them, and that's very possible at heavyweight. You could have a whole career and fight at heavyweight a couple, couple times a year and just get a quick knockout. Boom! I have I could supplement my income. Da da da. I actually respect that. A couple fighters, but you're not gonna come. Drops. You're not gonna come here and try to fucking brag that you lost. 20 pounds of excess body fat. I don't care about that shit. I don't care. I don't want to hear that shit. Exactly. Like, you especially know, I when you come in, you're, you're bragging to me, and this is what I see, bro? Come on. Come on. No. Man. Porter, no hate, but please take this constructive criticism 
We want to see you come back in the next fight more technical. Mm-hmm. Way more technical. And yo, shout out to Junior Tafa. Great introduction to the UFC, especially the heavyweight class. Bro. And, you know, if he keeps up with this this great uh, tech technical style he has, but also, you know, thanks to his older brother, you know, a little more brawlish, I would say. He, he looks like a medium between those, you feel mm-hmm. me? And again, that, that right knee in the clench, his clench works superb. Honestly, he probably could have KO'd Porter just off the clench work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe in the next fight, we might see him come back and really devastate another heavyweight contender. Yeah, all love to the Tafas, bro. They're top 10, top 15 guaranteed. Like, they're going to be there, bro. Even if they just kept at where they're at right now, they didn't get any more skill in this division. They're going to be top 10, 10, top 15 for their career. For sure. Good luck for them. No, no, like, question about it. Yeah. You got another pick? Nah, nah. I'm, I'm, I'm good with this card. I mean, except one, for the main event. One more fight I do want to highlight because it was kind of crazy from the beginning was... I think it was the fight right before the main card. Not the Bruce Leroy fight, though. Waldo Cortez Acosta versus Lucas Breski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming into that fight, I really didn't know who was going to win. So I didn't really have a pick. I just wanted to see what was going down. But after we saw Acosta come in with those heavy, heavy shots... And then a right hand. That right hand was probably one of the best right hands of that card. Mm-hmm. You know, again, technical. He wasn't out here just wildly looking for a brawl. He came in with a game plan and he executed. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, even Acosta, um, he's a heavyweight and he's coming from an athletic background, you know? He's he is. coming from, like, professional baseball, bro. So that hand, that right hand has fucking power on it. You know what I'm saying? Because those were heavy shots I was yeah. seeing thrown, bro. Like these, oh, you're not only hearing the sound, but you're feeling that impact. Yeah, you have to be super technical with somebody like that. You have to be ready to take them down or work the legs, keep the distance. And uh, yeah, uh, Breshly, I, 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 I kind of feel bad for his career because he definitely got robbed in uh, his first fight or so but then when i started hearing certain allegations about him i don't know bro i don't i Mm. i'm always gonna you know favor the polish fighter but i don't know some of this stuff he got popped for um some type of uh steroid before performance enhancement yeah uh Uh, you know quick side note on the peds y'all please fighters stop doing that shit bro (laughs) there ain't no need for you to sacrifice your career just for a little what five percent increase in your strength, if anything, but you know, I, yeah. Stop. Let TJ Dillashaw be your your blueprint for not to do that, bro. Mm-hmm. All fighters, stop doing that. I don't care if you're heavyweight, if you're lightweight, dancing man, just stop. You know, you if you put in enough work and put in enough time in your craft, you could surpass any performance enhancement drug. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that it wasn't made too much of a big deal, I don't know. Maybe it was some type of small accident, something like that. 
there are Tayan supplements and whatnot, but there I feel like there has been a drop off from when he first came in. When he what I do definitely th- think he got robbed against uh I think his name was Blagoy. If if was it Blagoy? Even not well, one Maybe. of these big fat heavyweights. He got robbed for sure. His volume was very interesting for heavyweight. He had very good volume and he, he, he kept the distance well. In this fight he did not do that. And when he felt that shot that rocked him, he turned around and got fucking hit straight from behind on his jaw. The way he dropped was insane. And then a a punch to the back of the head. So, you know, um, wishing him good health. And I don't know. I don't know what that is for his career now. Let's let's just see if he appears on another card and what route is going to be taken. But now let's jump into the main event. And first we'll talk about the co, and then we'll go to the main main. How did you feel about the co-main event? Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spawn. Because I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I know we have on record that Anthony Smith won the fight. But at the same time, you know, this fight was looking more so like a no contest or a draw, if anything. Yeah, I see the I see that point. I think I'd have to first round for sure was I want to say spawn. Wait, hold on. I got to rethink this fight real quick. What What we have All to right, so, acute now is for damage, right? And okay. I know that Span's leg was fucked. I know that his leg was fucked, which is pretty dis- honestly from Span from his game plan is pretty pretty you know, uh, disappointing because we've seen that Anthony Smith has been susceptible to leg kicks his entire career um, from day one. So I don't know why you wouldn't attack that, but whatever, right? Anthony Smith did come in looking a little more Muay Thai. He kept lifting that leg in the first round. He was more acutely aware of the leg kicks, but yeah, whatever. Um, I think definitely Anthony Smith won. I'm not, I don't remember exactly which round. Um, um, I apologize for that, but he definitely won one round, in my opinion, with the leg kicks. Second round, I think, is the one where he got his eye blown up, right? Yeah. That for definitely, sure. obviously, is Anthony. Uh, I mean, what's his name? A span round. Spawn. Yeah. Um, and the third, the third round is the third round is obviously the the one that that's in question. You know. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be mad at a draw because obviously both fighters won a round apiece. That. That last round should be examined more. Uh, both of them just weren't doing enough effective damage for me to like give it a hundred percent to one fighter. You know, exactly. Uh, Span you know. should have taken advantage of the fact that Anthony Smith can't see out of that freaking eye. Like attack that side. Now start blasting leg kicks. He can't even see your leg probably from that angle. You know, but yeah, it is what it is. That fight. That fight. I don't want to sit like, you know what? Fuck it. I think Span should have won that fight. And this is not because I'm biased towards Span or any type of thing like that. I just think Anthony Smith hasn't been performing like at all recently. You feel me? Oh, that's if anything, accurate. I don't know what it may be. If it's a mental trouble or physical trouble. But Smith, I, I don't see any anything really happening for you with the mentality mm-hmm. you're coming into the ring with. Like, I'm not seeing you piece up combos. If anything, you're you're taking too much time to throw the combos. Is it because you're hesitant? 
Is it mental trauma holding you back? I don't know what it is, but mm. for the past, I want to say three to four fights, bro, you're not putting in any type of pain. If any, if anything, you're just going in there and becoming a punching bag. Right. And I know it sounds harsh, but I don't want to see fighters just come in and be a punching bag. You know, I need to see you put in some more work in your Muay Thai, your kickboxing, and your grappling. I mean, what we have to, you know, give account to is like we mentioned earlier, you know, the more fights you have, the less durable you become, you know. The, Anthony Smith, as much anything you want to say about him, he's had a lot of fucking fights. He's been fighting he since has. I think he was 19 or something like that. He has close to 50 fights. Um, so, you know, there's going to be a lot of damage, a lot of mileage on that. But yeah, like you're saying, there is certain things like if you're going to stay here, you got to, you know, you obviously power is the last thing to go. So if you have noticed and we've all noticed in the last couple fights, you have deteriorated, you know, you're not as quick um, and you're stand, I, the, the nickname Lionheart. It's not it's not helping, bro, that you're just getting turned into a punching bag. It's not helping. It's not helping. And this is this is me saying this as I like fighters like this. You know, I like a veteran. I like a guy that at any moment he might win, he might lose, you know. I like journeyman. I like journeyman in the yeah. game. But you have to be trying to win at the same time. You look like you've stagnated. And knowing that, you know, how much mileage you have is kind of towards the end of your career. Bro, go full in on the power, you know. And just don't hold back. Yeah, you know? evolve your game to uh, the power. You check the leg kicks. And just throw yourself at these opponents. The last time he fought uh, Ryan Spann, he fucking he he showed a new a new wrinkle in his game. He came forward a lot um, more aggressively. He took him down and he beat him. Come on, man! You you see the game plan. This is the end of your career. There's not there's nothing to there's nothing to confuse you right now. Go full in on the power. Work around those aspects of your game and see how far you can go. Boom. Exactly. Because I'm gonna be honest. Smith, you could have won this fight easily. You could have really won this fight easily. But, again, if it's whatever has you on this plateau state, you know, take a look at that. Talk to your coaches. Reflect. Digest. And just come back with that beast inside of you, bro. Because you have the potential. We've seen the potential. But right now, it's making it hard to put any money on you, any bread on you. So... I just want to see you show up and show out. Mm -hmm. Now, to the main event. This was a spectacular main event. I'm not going to lie. From Max Holloway to the Korean Zombie, both fighters on both sides have, have put on throughout their whole career and have put on, I would want to say, in one of the best ways. Mm -hmm. So... Let's let's break down the fight and let's talk about Max Holloway first. So, what were your thoughts and per, on his performance? I mean, Max Holloway went out there and he did what he did. Honestly, I think Max Holloway went easy on the zombie because you know what, Max Holloway's been in this game for a long time. He was a fan of the sport before he even got into it. You know, like he's been wanting to fight the zombie for a long time. Like if. The Korean zombie hadn't been on like a little losing skate or whatever. I know he would have asked for it while he was champ. Like he would have wanted to fight the zombie. You know, he, he showed all that respect, all the love for zombie. Um, and the way he was like, he wasn't trying to out volume him. You could see that. I mean, Max Holloway's style is to out volume you over the rounds. Like he, he's like a, 
a steady way applying the combos he's a steady wave of pressure pressure. like it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse for you and certain fights you see like brian ortega you see this motherfucker has no mercy for you like he sees you busted up destroyed and he's just going to keep going honestly he's going to get better as the rounds go go on you know yeah the deeper the deeper the round and the deeper of the brawl he's in, it's it's only in Max Holloway's favor. Yeah, and then you see what he did to Arnold Allen in his most recent fight, bro. He did the same shit, bro. Just out volley. And this is a young up and comer, bro. Max Holloway is supposed to be a vet. He's supposed to be slowing down. I he's getting better and better. It's it's astounding to see. It's beautiful to see. And yeah, from what I saw, honestly, I think I there was a point where Max was actually he looked at the ref like, bro, can you and can you stop this? You know what I'm saying? And and you know what? That's not to say anything bad about the Korean zombie, but the Korean zombie is never going to stop, bro. And that's why he's the fucking zombie. So, you know, yeah, that. OK, so Max Holloway. We've seen you and I have seen Max Holloway and I'm sure the fans. If you haven't seen Max Holloway fights, just, you know, go into the archives, give it a rewatch. You're going to love it. But we've seen Max Holloway, I want to say, from the beginning. And his growth and development from getting the chip to losing the chip and to the now time period, it's only been a, a an evolution, mm-hmm. you know, an evolution for the better. So I'm very, very excited to see what his next fight is going to be and to see him come back in a championship fight because... He does kind of overwhelm opponents with, you know, the combos and the pressure. But I want to say in this fight and the last fight, we see him kind of control the pressure now and maneuver himself through the pressure. Because Max Holloway, he's not, at least to me, he's not one of the fighters that you think is going to throw a right hand and that be the knockout. You feel me? Yeah. If anything, I see him more as, you know, hit him with a flurry of combos, and then he throws a leg kick out of nowhere, and then that's the KO. Yeah, it's more of a TKO, not a straight KO. You feel me? And with that being said, I think we're seeing Max Holloway progress into that. I'm going to give you a little bit less of a flurry and find that one shot that he's going to put his ball into. The power era. Exactly. That would be fire. That would be fire. One thing I would, you know, I would, um, you know shoot might you know shoot against that is the korean zombie has not been the same in his last couple of fights you know his chin like we said chins only get worse he's that's one of the toughest fighter. guys on the roster but he's been on the down so i'd like to see that power that max holloway power era i'd like to see it against somebody with a better chin you know we for even sure. coming into this fight we knew this was the retirement fight win or lose probably for the zombie um and he knew that and he knew why so as much as as high as I am on Max Holloway, he did his thing 100%. There's no knock against his fight. I'm not 100% ready to say it's the power error yet, but it could be. But and we could, be scary. yo. Max Holloway, I don't know what it is. More protein, hit the heavy weights a little more, but just tone up and get that strength because your power error could be insane for this division. Because mm-hmm. I feel, I don't know if you'll feel the same, but I feel like the only... The only critique to his game is that he just needs a little more power, 5% more power, if anything. And he could really start KOing people left and right. Honestly, 
uh, they they say this a lot in a lot of divisions. If it wasn't for this guy, this guy would be the champ. You know? Yeah. I don't think that's uh, necessarily true. When like people love to throw that out, this is a hundred percent an example of that. If it was not for Alexander Volkanovsky and his greatness, uh, Max Holly would be champ. Like, there's nobody to threaten this guy, bro. And Volk is a beast. That's another a hundred percent example bro. of of flurries and power. If Volk comes with that technicality and that power in his stances and combos. Exactly. And maybe this is what Max needed. Maybe he'll come back better. I think, you know, like these guys are by far the best in the division. You know, Max Holloway beat Yair Rodriguez, who's the champ right now, bro. You know, the interim champ or whatever. This guy took a head kick with ease. Flush. And was still standing. You know what I'm saying? This guy is is different, bro. His chin is different. Everything's different, bro. Him and Volk are by far the best in the division. And I think them fighting each other, even though Volk got the better of all their fights, um, they just it's sharp uh, iron sharpens iron, you know. They're both gonna get exactly. better. Shit. So I wouldn't yeah. I would love to see another rematch. And I would love to see Holloway with the title back again. I'm not gonna go that far. I, I love both these guys. I don't want to pick against them. I love both of them, and honestly, I wish they were in different divisions. I I don't know if I even want to see them fight, bro. I want to see both of them succeed at the highest level. But it is what it is. It, it is what, what it is. is. You know, this is the game. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, now to the Korean Zombie. This is another fighter we've seen since the beginning. I would say we've seen his progression. And let's talk about Younger Zombie before we go into the zombie we saw in the main event. Mm -hmm. Younger Zombie, well, ready for his nickname, bro, Zombie. This man is not going down. He was in his his early and I want to say before the last... Honestly, when it started to go downhill, I think was when he had that fight with Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, but only at the end. (laughs) <laughs> and that had me pissed off too. Oh, I remember that fight. We watched that together, remember? Yeah. That yo, shit. Oh my god. So the Korean zombie in in all of his fights, he's coming with a game plan and he also comes in with a skill to back up his game plan. Whether it be he's on the ground or he wants to stand up and box it. Mm-hmm. He will go there and he will take that risk to put himself in the opportunity to win. 100%. Which which I want to say a lot of fighters do and don't at the same time because so and that what I said I'm going to come back to that especially for the main event for what I said but younger zombie has has a chin as my boy said his chin is probably top 10 chins of the league until maybe his last 3 fights. Yeah, that's the thing. The, a chin is never going to last your entire career, bro. Like and we see that, you know, and he like we're trying he, to tell people. I feel like people don't understand this shit. Chins do not get better with age. The more mileage you put on this shit, the worse it's gonna get. There's no way your chin gets better. You understand? These people need to understand that. They're don't downgrade Korean Zombie's chin because of the end of his career, bro. Like Chuck Liddell, amazing chin during his career. Whew. But after a certain point, that shit just goes away. You know, it, it's just what happens. You take too many shots in that chin, and it's over. And what I wanted to highlight is. Like you said, young zombie, bro. If you have a good boxing base in, especially MMA, bro, your defense is what carries you. You know, Dustin Poirier, good boxing, good boxing stance. It's the defense, right? 
this motherfucker zombie has a boxing base and doesn't give a fuck about defense. That's why he puts his chin out there so he could try and crack exactly. This guy's a psychopath, and we need to, you know, like all love to that guy, bro. Like all love. He has a jujitsu game, just like how he said, bro. First twister in MMA history, bro. That motherfucker that he did that to probably didn't even know what was happening, bro. He's like, why why is my spine convulsing right now? What is going on right now? Like that this guy's a legend in the sport, a living legend. And I'm very happy that outside of his career, like he's set up, bro. He has a giant YouTube channel. I seen him fucking doing some type of Korean uh singing show or something. Like he's Listen, man. Let the Korean zombie chase his bag, whatever which way. He deserves it, mm-hmm. but I want to say, was it round two that we saw the knockout, or was yeah, it round three? Not nah, round, round two, right? two was the knockout, yeah. So, okay, I I want to say that I thought Max Holloway would win the fight regardless, and I think to Zombie's side, I don't know what his camp was really telling him, what his coaches were telling him. But as, you know, we both seen that in round two, he literally just said, fuck it. I'm just in this bitch going to throw and whoever gets knocked out gets knocked out. And that's the perfect example of this, man. I'm I'm actually, this just sounds weird to say, I'm happy he got finished in the second round because I didn't want <laughs> to see this. I didn't want to see this go five rounds. He's already has enough mileage on his chin, on his brain. Max Holloway's the type of guy that will take you five rounds and beat you in every single round. 50 plus significant strikes that is worse than one one hit you know i agree um, if it if it went the distance max holloway was definitely doing damage bro he went to like the fourth fifth round uh what's his name volkanovsky doing the same thing to him just cracking bombs at him that's fucked up bro i don't want to see that <laughs> and the way zombie went out that final sequence with him is a perfect way to, to encapsulate his career that guy's a killer a psychopath he knew bro you think he didn't know? He, nah, he knew. He this knew. Is I'm going to go for broke. I'm going to say, come here. I, he put his hands up. He said, nah, don't back up. Watch this. He landed a couple shots. Didn't do nothing because this he, is fucking wait, Max wait, Holloway. Wait. And got wait, sparked. I want to say, I want to say, Max Holloway did get a little a little wobbly for like a one-two punch second. Nah, I think I, would say I, that. I think that was just a balance thing, bro. But You think he was just... Nah, I think it was, if I anything, think, nah. Max Holloway turned his chin off just to pay respect to Zombie, bro. Like, I, I, Max Holloway honestly, not, I feel that I don't think he was in any danger there. I mean, of course, he's in some danger, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Max could have taken nah, that. I agree. Um, and bro, that's the walkout song, bro, and everybody's singing the zombie song, bro. I've been like, that song has been playing in my head over and over this entire week. I'm like, it's chills, bro, and it's beautiful. And and you know what? Yeah, people that don't know the sport, they're gonna say, Oh, it sucks, you never got a championship. Yeah, it sucks. But you know what? The but people that the real fans, they don't give a fuck about that shit. This guy's a legend. And exactly, bro. It is what it is, and bro. You know, like I know we can't go back to the past and change fights, but yo, that Yar Yar Rodriguez fight, bro, that will forever get me tight because zombie won that shit if it wasn't for like what the last two seconds of the fifth round. Yeah. Yair has know, definitely he's grown on me. His skill, I've really come to realize, like, how from, you know, years back when I watched that fight, like, I was hating on that motherfucker. So I was tight because Zombie was eating. Uh, bro, Zombie, we just talk about his chin, bro. He was just walking through leg kicks that entire fight. No check. No check at all. And he kept walking him down, bro. He was, I, in my opinion, if that went to the scorecards, he was going to win that fight. 
He was and winning Yair every round. really pissed me off with that fifth round, bro. He went in to hug this motherfucker like fucking three times, bro. And I swear to God that threw off the momentum of Zombie and he took advantage and, he and did that fucking weird elbow shit. And I'm mad. I am mad about that. But I got to give props to Yair. He is different. And He is um, different. Yeah. So, Zombie, man, uh, we respect it. We love to see you no matter what you're in now. Um, what you did to the sport was beautiful. You know, you came, changed the game for everybody. And yeah, Max Holloway, yo, bro, is this your power era or not? Nah? We're going to find Let's out. See, go back to the gym, push them weights, and let me see you put in pain again. Dana, yo, please speak to Max Holloway, help Hawaii, and give him a at least like three weight machines so he can get his weight up. <laughs> Real talk. Okay. Now, yeah, so yeah. Um, right, yeah. we discussed the main event of uh, Max, great, zombie, astonishing. Now we're going to go on to the up-and-coming card, the one with Thug Rose. Yeah, Cyril Gone versus Sergey Slivak in the main event. But that's really what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to... Yeah, we'll talk about it. But um, yeah, let's give us our, our give, give you guys the picks for the card. I'm gonna say this right now, bro. This is not. If anyone's actually betting off this card, bro, I do not recommend it. I do not recommend it. I've done a deep dive on all these fighters, bro. There's been so many last second decisions, so many debuts in this fight of European guys that I can't fucking find all their fights and shit. Like I don't, I do not recommend anyone bet on this fight, but I did the best I could. And we're gonna we're gonna see what we could do, you know. On to that note, yo, fan duel sponsor the kids. I'm still putting a dollar in for my fighter. <laughs> okay. So, so let's go. So All right, um Yeah, go ahead. You wanna tackle this at from prelims to main or you just wanna start off main? Actually, yeah, let me do prelims to main so that we can really talk about the, the last two fights the most, you know? All right, so let's start off. Go ahead. So we have uh first fighter tonight is Jacqueline Cavalcanti from Portugal versus Zara Farn. Zara Zara Farn, yeah, the French woman. So when I was really looking to this fight, the thing is Jacqueline Cavalcanti is making her debut versus this um obvious vet in Sarah Farn. And usually I would pick the vet, you know. <clears throat> But after looking at her last couple fights, uh, especially that Nunez fight with Sarah Farron, she's on a three-fight losing streak. Uh, she looked sloppy, bro. Like yeah, she, she does. She she was a lot taller than Nunez in that fight, but her striking is very predictable. She keeps her hands down, and honestly, bro, I'm it, it's hard to pick any fighter over thirty-five, <laughs> especially a, a a woman fighter like. It, it gets worse with age, more uh, Oh, wow, she's fighting at 39? Exactly. I mean, some sites say that she's 37, some say 39. Whatever the lie is, bro, you're getting a little too close to 40 for me to feel comfortable. You're fighting a 25-year-old in Jacqueline Cavalcanti. And one thing I'm going to say about Cavalcanti is she is a scrapper. She likes fighting. You could tell she likes fighting. She's She has a very technical style, but she throws her head in there when she feels she's punched you once, she wants to just keep going. And that's actually cost that's her that a fight. That's that dog. That's cost her a fight in PFL, but it was still a scrappy fight. 
and she she just seems scrappy to me, bro. She just seems scrappy, and I I think she's gonna take this fight. I think she's gonna out technique, um, Zara Farron. Zara might have like a good round in her, uh, but I just think the younger fighter is gonna come in, be more efficient with her strikes, and probably win the fight. Probably a decision. You think it's gonna win decision? I think it might. It might end in. I want to say, maybe round three KO. That I, yeah, I could, but you know, I think Farron, like when she was fighting Nunez, Nunez definitely I think has more power than than Jacqueline Cavalcanti. That's Nunez, and a beast. I just think a monster. I mean, it could it could happen. I'm gonna go decision though, but yeah, anything's possible. All right. Um, so yeah, on to the next fight. This one, I think I'm more comfortable with picking this one. Fareed Basharat versus Clayton Rodriguez. At Bantamweight. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Fareed, uh, Fareed Basharat. Like, I don't know what's up with the new wave in the UFC right now of brothers coming into this shit. But both of these brothers have been going hard in their respective divisions, you know? They show really good uh, technique. This guy has a good resume. He beat, what's his name? Uh, Damon Blackshear from the last card. Oh wow! Yeah, facts. Yeah, he beat him, and he he did it. Pre- he was he was um out techniquing him, out techniquing him in a way that I found very impressive. And yeah, that was a pretty good fight. Yeah, you know he's taller. He has a higher re- he has a higher reach, and he just his resume is just really good. I I, I think the Bashar brothers can go far in their respective divisions. And yeah, Clayton, I think he's moving up. I just think that compare the resumes and then looking at the skill of Fareed Basharat, he's, he reminds me of this new generation of MMA where everything is very well thought out. The IQ is there. Like, I'm, I think this is a, this is probably one of my most solid picks is probably Fareed Basharat. All right, cool, cool. Let's go on to the woman bantamweight fight. Yeah, Nora Cornoli. She's uh, making her debut versus Jocelyn Edwards, right? <clears throat> so, Jocelyn Edwards in her last fight, she definitely got gifted a decision. Mm, so a lot of people, I feel like they're probably going to just be like, fuck this bitch, she should lose the... No, no, no. Listen. She got gifted the decision for sure. But this is a very... She's very crafty. I've noticed that from the very beginning when I've seen her fight. Okay. She's usually taller than the girls in her division. Like, not necessarily yeah, stronger, but she's a little bit taller, you know? She has okay. long legs, and she uses those long legs like in a very annoying manner. Like I said, talking front leg kicks, front, any type of leg kick, any type of distance kick to keep you away from her. She's just, and she doesn't keep spamming it. She's not throwing hard shots. She's just spamming it. And she's getting points on you, you know, like Mm. 50 leg kicks to you trying to get close in the distance. You'll get one, two strikes. Those leg kicks are going to, you know, count to the judges more. So she's crafty. She, she knows how to, you know, um, stay away from, other fighters she's elusive and she's she's a vet bro she has a lot of fights yeah um, she got what 16 fights 17 fights that's exactly that's bro. crazy compared to this nora cornoli listen she's coming in older too nora is like 34 33 and here's the thing watching her fights like i know i think she's six and oh her nah, she's six and one so oh, six and one so far okay well Oh, I think she's on a six-fight winning streak, right? Okay. 
but watching some of these fights, bro, it's it, it. These girls are not at her level, and she's really she's really just kind of bullying them. She she looks a lot bigger than a lot of her opponents. She just uh, aggressive. She has an aggressive Muay Thai style. You know, it's very clinch based. She just runs at not runs, but she gets these girls to the fence, clinches them. I saw one fight where she took her down. She took the girl down, and she did have some effective ground and pound. But these girls, they just look scared. They look, they know how much smaller they are than this girl. And I just think that Jocelyn Edwards has more experience against more top-tier women. And even though she has terrible takedown defense, I don't think that Nora Cornoli is really a, a takedown artist. She just often gets in the clinch, and if she could do it, she'll do it. I think Jocelyn Edwards can keep her at bay and just outpoint her for the win. I think uh, Jocelyn Edwards will also win via decision. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I think that's definitely going the three rounds. No, uh, yeah, I, yeah, this is definitely the over one and a half rounds. I would say that. Now to welterweight <clears throat> fight. Some yeah, welterweight contenders. All right, so we got Angelusa versus Reese McGee. So if y'all don't remember, Reese McGee is like one of Hamza Chimaev's first opponents. Okay. Uh, he's known for not landing one punch on Hamza the entire fight. <laughs> Hamza ran across the cage, took him down, and beat the fuck out of him. And then I think I, I, it just didn't go well for him. But that was his debut, I believe. And then That's a tough debut, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, after a couple more fights, I think he got booted out of the UFC. He built himself up again in the regional scene. You know, he's coming from Cage Warriors. And there's some hype, you know. There's a lot of hype around these fighters coming out of England, Ireland, you know. Uh, well, are you respecting the hype for him, though? For this specific example, no, I'm not. Yeah, me, I, I don't, I'm not going to lie. I don't think that he's a bad fighter, but I think that people act like he's so tall. Looking at some of these guys, or maybe the way he hunches over just his uh, stance when he's fighting, he doesn't look like he's so much bigger than these guys. And the way he, he does use his range kind of effectively... But it's not effective enough. Like, I've seen guys pressure him, get him to the cage, and he has he does not have good takedown defense. And he's not really a one-shot knockout kind of guy. So, against Ange Lusa, bro. Bro, Ange Lusa. Let me read you a couple of these fights, bro. He has JDM, Jack Delamit, Madalena. Mm-hmm. This guy is, like, the next, the, the up-and-coming guy out of Australia, the boxer in the welterweight division, bro. Wow. He went toe-to-toe with him on the Contender Series. He lost, I'd say, probably every round. Okay. But it wasn't, like, it was still a close fight. Like, he 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 kept in there boxing with a great boxer. Usually when you see, like, a, a great boxer come in against a contender that doesn't really know what they're doing, they're going to eventually get pieced up. He has a good high guard, good one-two, good pressure. He throws some leg kicks. Like, he he he's solid. Then against AJ Fletcher, he got hit with some crazy shots. So now we know he has a good chin. Waited for him to gas out, took him down, and beat him. And that's him being the striker versus the wrestler in Fletcher. And then he had a, a close fight with, what's his name, Mahir Lazez. Okay. So these are all, like, solid guys, in my opinion. He's pretty, he's like 5'10", 5'11", in that division. He has a good chin, high pressure. And he has some takedown ability. 
I think he's but, just gonna stick on Reese McGee, you know, just stick him, probably back him up a little bit. And those pitter patter shots that Reese McGee throws at him, it's either he's gonna be able to absorb them with the high guard or they're just not gonna land. And it's either he he could do it whichever way he wants, in my opinion. I need I, to see Musa really apply the pressure, stay close, very mm-hmm. close. And as you said, you know, one, two, three, I need to see some combos, especially being a shorter fighter to uh, another fighter that's taller. You know, use that to your advantage. Hit the body. Let us see some real strong shots, a little leg kick. But you got to stuff Nikki. You can't you can't play at his range. You got to be in his range. Yeah, and these guys that have had close fights with Angelusa, they have good pressure too, you know? Like they were both trying to pressure each other. Reese McGee will he'll he'll accept that you're pressuring him. He'll try to fight off his back foot. And I'm seeing guys that are definitely not on the level of Angelusa pressuring him in the regional fights before this fight. And even if he wins the fight, I just think Angelusa, his pressure is more effective and he'll just I just think he he'll be able to do this, you know? Awesome. Awesome. Now let's go to the Bantamweight fight, Taylor Lapias versus Colon Loren. Yeah, Colin Lochran. It's an Irish name. Yep. So um <clears throat> yeah, this one Honestly, yeah. I'm going Lochran. Oh, yeah, crazy. I'm just supporting the Irish. Yeah, that's what happens a lot with these guys. But this guy kind of reminds me. What was that guy's name in Bellator? Which the one? guy that really wanted to be Connor. He really wanted to be Connor. <sighs> I'm a fighter right now, but I What's know what he's talking about. James Gallagher or something like that. Something like that, bro. James Gallagher? He tried to be Conor McGregor, but he was a he was actually a BJJ yeah, guy. James Gallagher, Bellator for sure. So yeah, that guy. This kind of reminds me of this. Not he's not trying to be Conor McGregor. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say nothing disrespectful about Colin Lochran, but um, it, his style for you know the scene that he's fighting on, it could work. He's fighting a UFC vet, you know, the, Taylor Loop. Le, Pilas has been in the UFC. He has a pretty good record. He and and he kind of he got cut from the UFC on a weird record. Like usually you see two, three losses in a row, you get cut. He got cut. I think he was like three and one or two and one. Um, and he cut him. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. Off a loss. I don't. Or I don't know win. the entire situation. But uh, in his interviews as well, he seemed confused by the cut. And when I'm just looking at the record, I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know if this can like. This is, this is usually how many times, how many losses they cut somebody by, you know? Yeah. But he made his comeback, you know? He's been fighting on the regional scene. And looking at him, I I was going with Callan Blocheran because this is a last-minute change. Callan oh, was fighting. A, he was a heavy favorite against the, the other guy he was supposed to fight. But when I'm looking at both of their games, Callan Blocheran has a, a really weird stance. <laughs> like... <laughs> his stance is literally like a stereotypical leprechaun. Like it's literally—I don't want—I <laughs> don't want to be racist to Irish motherfuckers, but he, the way he stands is literally like if you had a high school uh, basketball mascot and it was a fucking leprechaun. That stance, like with his left hand so high up and his back is all straight and shit, and his right arm is just 
also high. Like he he's just, it just looks like he's susceptible to. I just ha- don't think he's seen a fighter that's uh, technical enough to like really, you know. Uh... Oh my god! Sorry about the dog, but um, it's all right. I don't think we've seen a fighter able to catch these well, mistakes yet. Mm-hmm. So think- what I'm what I'm thinking is that I need to see Taylor come in and technical, but also break the guard of Paolo Lauren. In order, if he if he has his stance wide open like that, you know, you could there's there's a lot of possibilities that Taylor could throw to really break that. Yeah, and I the thing about uh, Colin Lauren that style would be perfectly fine. Like like your stance is perfectly fine if you work around it. He has a very flat-footed stance. Mm. So by doing that stance, he's also standing still. If you have a va- if you have a veteran in front of you, he's going to understand that, oh, this guy's standing still. Let me throw a jab out. The body looks like it's open. I don't know if Taylor's going to take advantage of that. It looks like it's open. And he loves the left hook. He loves the left hook ha- counter. You throw, out, you throw out a jab or a feint, he's going to come out with the left hook. It could be exploited. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything. I'm not... It could he could be caught with that in the fight, and I just think Taylor Lapalus, he has solid counters, he has strong technique, and he's he uses his angles very well. Like I saw a very good um, TKO to elbows in one of his most recent fights that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Like the guy tried to clinch him on the cage, and he just he just he just put those fucking elbows in perfectly. I think he's gonna be able to take advantage of those examples. Yeah, and Calvin Lochran, I I like the vibe, you know, I like the vibe of a fighter like that. He's he's Same. very confident. He likes to take the center of the ring, but I don't see something that he's like so supremely good at that gives him the advantage, like his striking power. Like it's okay, and his he's not like a insane wrestler either. So yeah, I think that Taylor Lepolis he has good takedown defense, and I think he's going to be able to take over in a striking fight. You know, for both fighters, they are fighting at the bantamweight division. And again, at bantamweight division, I want to say you will be more successful if you understand how to cut and make those angles. Because you can't just stay flat-footed in and in one spot. You're setting yourself up for failure. So I want to see movement and I want to see angles being cut. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I would say Taylor Lepolis with the win for this one. I just think he has more veteran experience, and he's going to be able to take advantage of these, uh, what I think are negatives in Lachlan's game. Now to the main event card. We got a couple, a couple crazy people on this fight, mm-hmm. and let's start it off with I want to see Morgan Sharif. Versus Manolo Zakini. Yeah, so we got Morgan Charrier, the French prospect, and we have Manolo Zucchini. I don't know the Italian guy. <laughs> Zucchini. Um, when I'm looking at these fights, like uh, what I would say about Manolo Zucchini, I think like I can't find a lot of footage. I think he took a break. Like he's he's recently he took a little break from fighting and he came back, which is never a good sign, you know. I would say. And I watched Manolo's fights first. Uh, he throws heavy. Okay. He, he tries to pressure the guys that he fights. But 
I don't see it being too effective. Like, uh, obviously, this is a regional fight, so I know that he's he, he's taken advantage of that with certain guys, but I don't think their levels were high enough. You okay. know, Morgan Charrier, he's fought in some pretty good regional promotions, so I think he's had better competition. He's he's he really likes to invest in the low kick, which I always like to see. Beautiful. Any fighter that throws it. He has really good movement. He has like a bouncy Muay Thai kind of style. Kind of similar to Cyril Gaon in the main event. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think he's he, he's a finisher, bro. Like if he sees an opportunity, he's going to throw. Otherwise, he, he, he is kind of slow. He likes to save his um, energy, but that's not a bad thing, you know? Okay. Compared with Manolo, who's going to try and throw with 100% the entire time. Uh, you could get tired out that way, you know, uh, and I haven't seen it. Like, if you're, if I'm not seeing levels on the regional scene, I'm not going to really put a lot of faith in you. While Morgan Sherrier, even though he's still on the regional scene, I've seen good things coming out of it against pretty good comp, like guys bigger than him that look like they might be stronger than him. I've seen, I've seen enough to be pretty confident that he's going to win this fight, Morgan Sherrier. Shout out to Morgan Sherrier. Yeah. Now to the featherweight, we got William Gomez versus Giannis Gamiri. Yeah, so um, both these guys are known. Go, what's his name? Gamori is, uh, he's making his debut. So that's always going to be against you, you know, when you're making your debut. William Gomez, I think he's had two fights in the UFC now. And he's got the bigger reach. He's got the bigger reach and... Honestly, when you look at their styles, they're actually pretty similar. They're very patient. and um, But the thing is, William Gomez is patient, and he's counter-heavy. He's waiting for the counter, and that's why he's patient. Like, he wants you to come towards him. Giannis Gamori is very patient, but what, from what I've seen, he's he, he wants to start it up. He wants to push forward, but he just he just doesn't. He stands in the center of the ring. He tries to throw leg kicks. He'll try and come in a couple times with a one-two, you know. But I think that with both of them having a similar style, I think William Gomez is just a little more technical, you know. He's less okay. flat-footed. He likes I to move off the back foot. So I think Giannis, Gamori, they might, you know, stand in the middle of the ring. And I think Giannis, when he tries to come in, William Gomez is just going to land one-two, couple shots, you know. And it's... I definitely see this going to a decision. I think he's just going to – he's just more technical. I think he's going to outland him. And, yeah, it's just going to be that type of fight. Now to the light heavyweights. So we have Volkan Ozdemir versus Bogdan Guskov. Again, another debut fighter. And this is a crazy guy to fight in your debut, though, Volkan Ozdemir. <laughs> um, like, Volkan's been – his record really doesn't show – the skill as much you know like he's fought some of the best guys in division like he's fought yuri he's yeah, fought he he's fought dc when he was still there he fought uh magometo rockage magometov he's fought a lot of guys you know and um this guy bogdan i've all i'm seeing is regional footage he looks a lot bigger than the guys he fights He's super confident. He's very cocky. He, he kind of that could work with you and against you, you know. Yeah. So yeah. he keeps his hands pretty low. He he puts That's his never head a out good there. Sign. He puts his head out there. He's trying to bait you, you know. 
and he 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 has been successful in the regional scene with that. But I've seen him get put out by a guy that was a little bit smaller than him on the regional scene, and just with just with proper technique. Um, this was a tough one because Vulcan has looked off to me a little bit recently. He's looked a little slow. Um, would you say that's just? Would you would do you think that's more of a mental thing, or do you think this is just him getting lazy? Honestly, I don't. I, I can't tell you. But Vulcan's always been kind of slow. Like he's been a kind of plodding forward kind of guy, but he's yeah. been very technical. I think you know so a lot of those names. You know, you got some wrestlers in there. You have some people that are really um, that could really you know mix it up. Maybe that's part of it. You know, and, and I. You know, when you're fighting really big guys all the time, you know, I'm sure he's training with big guys. You know, you get damaged. He just looks a little slower. But I still think he's solid, even if he's gotten a little bit on a slide. And he's he's going to fight a straight res- a straight striker. So yeah, this is kind of to his favor. And I think he definitely has better technique than this guy. The one thing I would say about this guy is he's pretty fast. He looks really fast. But I think that his confidence fighting guys in the regional scene, if he fights that confidently against Vulcan, Ozdemir leaves his head out, he's going to get cracked, and Vulcan will go for the finish. So, I'm going to take Vulcan in this one. I'm going Vulcan, too. Mm -hmm. Now to the light heavy, lightweight fight, my fault. Yeah, we got St. Dennis versus Thiago Moises. Yeah, so, it's like a trajectory of two careers right now. You know, Moises is kind of on the down right now. And Benoit is definitely on the up. Yeah. Um, Benoit, sure. that motherfucker's a dog, bro. Like his first couple. He got fights, a beast in him. Yeah, like he's he will take damage. He just wants to fight, you know. And recently, he fought uh, one of the Bonfim brothers, and he, which was a, a really serious prospect, he just destroyed that body. And well, he him. exactly he did that. He he applied the pressure, got him down, in whatever manner, still got him down and submitted. Yeah, and so he has he has a solid ground game, and he has, he's not afraid to strike, and he's not afraid to strike heavy and take shots back. So, um, Thiago Moises is shorter than him. His striking is very like it's kind of it's kind of kind of like an old school type of thing. Like he'll throw his combos, and he's not adjusting to what you've done. Like, he's not adjusting to the fact that you're a couple steps behind. He's just going to throw the combo, hope that it hits you, and just not adjust enough with the striking, you know? Um, Again, this is what I, what we were speaking about earlier. As a fighter, you got to be able to adapt. You got to be able to see what's coming at you. I understand, you know, the cage brings a lot of adversity. You will never know what your opponent is going to throw. But at the same time, you got to pick up on that and and you know it's a chess game you got to be one step ahead in your mind mm-hmm. and i don't see um thiago really getting the double off that i'm i'm not going to lie i got benoit for the win yeah i mean the only thing thiago really has is he has definitely superior jiu jitsu but is he going to be able to take him down and use it we don't know so yeah is my question more so is is thiago able to cancel out the dog and benoit yeah, and I don't think he is. I don't think because I even I understand the jujitsu. He he does have a better jujitsu base, but I think the dog and Benoit would cancel out the jujitsu even if he does get taken down. Mm-hmm. And he just has, he, you know, he has a taller frame. He might just be able to keep him off him and 
and do what he does. So, yeah, Benoit, definitely the pick for me. But, yeah, moving into the co-main. Bro, I'm about to get excited. I'm going to need you to make the pick in a minute because I took a little longer to join you on the pod today, and this is exactly why. I can't can't make a decision yet, and I I would like to hear your reasoning. All right. Um, Okay, to start this off, I just want to say I'm very biased towards Rose, but I would not let this hinder in what I got to tell y'all. So, as we've seen, Thug Rose, she has been in a losing state, I guess is the best way to say it, mentally and physically. I haven't seen... Like, I've seen some talks, and especially from her, that, you know, she's ready to come back in the ring. She's got over her mental, I want to say trauma, or whatever was hindering her mentally. She said she's came over that. We won't know until we really see her in the fight, but we already know Rose has good footwork. She has some great stand-up game. She could go down on the ground. She's very versatile in that manner. I dare say... Maybe it's a hot take, but we could probably say Rose is like the female cowboy of the division. I would say she's better than cowboy. I, if anything, you know, I, I agree with that. So I think Rose is definitely taking the dub. But the only, again, the only thing hindering me and and questions in my head is, is she able to overcome what would, what her setback was? And I'm thinking that her setback was probably she she got it rocked. We saw some fights. We we see what happened, but I don't know if she's scared of getting hit like that or what it may be. But if if she's going like how we've seen and what the talks are looking like, that she has gotten over whatever she was stuck with, she's coming for the dub, bro. Okay. Well, no man, man inferior. She, you know, being being a competitor against Rose, you you know, you gotta come in with some solid fundamental of whatever your your base is in. Do I think she has the capability? Yeah, but I I'm still saying Thug just has the upper hand. Okay. Well, um Okay, well let me Ooh, let me start out What are your saying, thoughts? Let me start out by saying like uh most people have Manon Furot actually. Um uh, with the advantage, the line looks that way and a lot of people are picking Manon. And I understand the reasonings. I want to start by saying just like you said you have a bias towards Rose. Yeah. I also have a bias towards Rose, but in the negative manner. As in I don't want this girl to succeed. Fuck that bitch. You don't want Rose to succeed? You don't? <laughs> so you... let me know. Nah, Explain listen. it. Break it down. Break it down. Break it down. Listen, Rose is a very confusing fighter. And it's really, honestly, it's mostly not her own fault that I would dislike her. It's the fans. Uh-huh. It's really the fans. And this is why. Rose okay. was a, a, a talented journey woman in that division for a while. Okay. When she beat Joanna, 
after Iwana had a horrible fucking weight cut. I, I'm not going to get into that yet. We'll, we'll talk about okay. that in a future episode or something like that. When she hit Iwana with that knockout, yes. right, suddenly everybody was screaming, oh, Thug Rose, Thug Rose, and all this shit. That shit pissed me off, bro, because this y'all didn't give a fuck about this girl beforehand. And secondly, y'all overrated her insanely. And we could see this by her loss, her recent freaking title loss to freaking Cookie Monster, bro. You lost to Cookie Monster. But you're that not going to was... tell me you're. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got the floor. A lot of people, you know, the Zhang said, the... <laughs> this is what Rose has. She has the, the knockout of both potential goats in that division, in my opinion. Yeah. She has the flash knockout of both of them. Yes. And then in the second fight, in both of my opinion, in, in both fights, my opinion is that she lost the decision, but she gets gifted the decision every time. You know what? The fights are close enough. At least for Yoana, it's close enough, in my opinion, where, okay, fine. I still think Yoana won that. Zhang Wei Li, I think she won that fight clearly. 3-2. Um, okay. So the whole Thug Rose stuff, she does that, and then you see you get beat by Andrade. I, I I get it. It was a weird weird uh, you know circumstance, but you could lose that way if you lost that way. You got dunked on your head. That happens. And okay, then so, and then you fucking right. do the cookie mo- the cookie monster performance. You lose to fucking Jillian Robertson afterwards in a grappling match, and now you're moving up in weight to fight Manon Firol. And I say all this before you get into your counter argument for Rose. I'm going to okay. say this. I'm never going to change my Rose opinion. So fuck Rose. Secondly, <laughs> and you know what, Rose? It's not against you. It's, the, it's your fucking fans that piss me off. So I'm going to say fuck you because of your fans. Secondly. Okay. So I should not want Rose to win this fight at all. I should say fuck Rose. I think she's going to lose this fight, which would be in reason too because Manon Firo has a lot of advantages here. But I, there's something in my mind with Manon Firo's game that just puzzles me, and we'll get into it. Go ahead with your counter-argument, and I'll give you more about Manon Furo, my opinion. Okay, so, all right, let's 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 just get 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 this off the table. The Rose versus Carla Esparza. Cookie I'm Monster. A, I'm going to be very honest. Fuck Cookie Monster. I don't like her. I never thought she should have been champion. I'm going to be honest. You know who gave that to her? Dana? Nah, Rose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this is the thing. I like, okay. Because it's fuck Cooking Monster. Uh, so, yo, Cooking Monster, I understand. You feel me? We don't got to be friends. This is just how I feel. Rose, I see what you're saying where Rose has that. She, in, in a way, she has the credentials and in a way she doesn't. Her game both supports her being able to be a top contender, but at the same time to just be a regular contender. She has major holes in her resume. That's what I'll say. I agree. I totally agree. And I think those major holes are due to to her own, I don't want to say in, in, in capabilities, but I think... Again, that Rose is the only thing holding Rose back from flourishing. Because I do see where if she just levels up and practices at her game, that she could come back and, you know, really take down a division. Because as you said, we've seen the Yoana, it was a close fight. 
to be honest, I wouldn't be mad whoever won that fight. Zhang Wei Li, we saw what happened first, and we saw what happened second. Mm-hmm. But two rows, I think if she just focuses on those skills, she could come back and be a menace. And the Cookie Monster fight, I don't really count that because, like, I just don't like Cookie Monster, bro. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's all mental with Rose. That That's the big thing holding her back and holding me back from just going straight Rose. Because I think she could, with the proper training and the proper, I guess, mentality, I think she could come in and beat Moonwall. Okay, so, okay, I see where you're coming from, right? Okay, let me um, just finish my point on Rose, right? Okay, go ahead. If Rose were to come back, like, let's say she fixed all her mental issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the comeback, which she's doing now, right? When you're facing a mental issue, don't you go back to the original issue that you that, that got fucked up for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, I agree, yeah. If I have a fear of... Uh, this isn't a... It's not going to be a perfect example, but if I have a fear of heights, does me swimming in the ocean fix that? No. I got to go up to that height, right? And jump off. Right. So why are you going? You lost that 115. Why are you moving up? Why are you fighting an even bigger bitch now? Here's the thing. You could have came back and strolled through Strawway to fight Zhang Wei Li again. Because guess what? You have two wins on her. Like we we mentioned in the last pod. Yes. So the fact that you're moving up to a so I gotta I gotta worry about your mental whatever fortitude because we don't know nobody knows you could say that you're good and you're not good you know what I'm saying so nobody knows her mental going into this fight but secondly now you're going in against a bigger girl and when were the moments that Rose has lost or had a competitive fight when the girls around her size are bigger right Andrade was stronger than her. That's how she managed to get that first fight, that, that the win against her. That's how Andrade got the belt, right? Zhang Wei Li is definitely stronger than her. She's not bigger than sure. her, but she's stronger. Joanna is a similar frame to her. So all her hardest fights have been with people bigger than her or around her height, right? You're going into another division with a stronger girl. You could see Manon Firo. She's built like a fucking brick house for that division. And she's taller. She's taller than her, and she's uh, looks stronger than her. I don't know how much Rose has filled out for the division. I don't know how much work she's done in this year, you know? So that's always going to be an unknown factor. That's it, it, I can't really give her anything. I can't say this year has been positive or negative, you know? I would say this year has been negative to Rose. I'm not going to lie. Exactly. So you're coming in to fight a big girl. Manon, and then when comparing fights, I when I tried to see how both of these women would compete against each other, I had to find an opponent that was kind of similar that they have faced, right? Okay. The closest thing that I could understand to for Rose to uh, Manon Firo would be her fight with her second fight with Andrade. But the problem with that is Andrade, especially the way she hunches over, is shorter than Rose. She has more strength, but she is not of that frame. Manon yes. Firo stands upright. She is an imposing figure. So watching the Andrade fight, I could see how Rose slipped Andrade and how she was able to defeat her with her footwork, her superior boxing. And that's obviously what I would pick to try and beat Manon Firo with, right? But I have not seen her fight a woman that's bigger than her. 
with that style, with the which trying to stay away with the girl, counter heavy, you know, footwork, all that. Because Manon Firo is like a freight train. She just goes one speed and one direction right at you, you know? And if Rose was her size, I could understand her styling on her, you know, trying to counter, get away from her. But she's smaller at the same time. You know so, what I'm saying? I understand. I, I fully hear your points out and I acknowledge them. Rose, and Manon, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, all right. Um, so, am I comfortable with Rose going up in weight? I want to say, if I'm going to be honest, no. Do I think she could pull it off? Yes. But if she's going to pull this fight off, because, you know, you are bringing up great points where when she is faced with an opponent a little bigger, a little more fuller, definitely strength-wise, you know, that's where we get to see the holes in Rose's game. Mm-hmm. But with her moving up weight, I would say I hope that those holes are being filled, not just by the weight, but by skill. Right. Well, and with that issue, we'll never know. We, we won't know until we see the fight. That's why I can't me. use that for my pick. I just threw that out there just to say it. I can't use that for the pick. I don't know what mental state she's in. I don't know any of these things. So for those things, I'm just going to say that's only could be worrisome for me because I don't have an answer to that, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I feel that the, the – so, okay, let's let's answer this question first. Who do you got for the dub for this fight? And that's is the issue. This is the this is where the issue oh, arises. Is you see exactly, and then I that, I will. But you know what? After okay. this, thinking about it, discussing it, I'm gonna go with Manon Firo. But I would like to, after we make our points, I would like to say why I also doubt Manon Firo. Why why this has been a hard decision for me? Because if I you know my opinion on Rose, I should just say fuck Rose. She's gonna lose, like everybody else is saying. But there's something about Manon Firo's game that's throwing me a little bit. And I'd like to discuss that as well. Go ahead. So what? what's the something? Let me know. Oh, okay. So Manon Firo, okay. when looking at her fights, almost all the girls she's fought, she's physically imposed upon them. She's bigger than them. And she's kind of walking them down. Like I said, she only has one mode. She's just like a little Terminator. She just walks right at, right at you, you know? She throws okay. heavy shots. But also, it's it's like she beats she beats you with the range. So she'll throw a lot of leg kicks uh, just, you know, to outland you and stuff. And then sometimes she'll try and throw heavy when she has you on the cage, right? So when you have a girl that's uh, nervous about that, she's scared of it, she's trying to avoid you, your style is going to get imposed even more, you know? So I've seen that in all her fights. Like these, I, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, put her against the bigger girl. I want to see what happens. And the only fight that I would say her most – technical and efficient fight that shows her skill will be her fight not her latest fight her fight with uh caitlin kuchegin okay. yeah that was uh it wasn't a fucking barn burner but it was a they have similar styles if i was to describe chikagian style to you she kind of does the same thing but she's a little less imposing she's taller than all the girls in the division and she uses uh range to beat the girl you know she outpointed her she took her down when she needed to and that's what worries me because when I look at Rose's fight with Andrade, that's the closest uh, similarity I could get to Manon because of their strength. Yeah. 
my closest fight that I could uh, have Manon fight with Rose is Caitlin is the most technical fighter she's fought. She's smart, but the style's a little different. You know, it's a little more uh, kickboxing Muay Thai, like more teeps, long-range shots, while Rose is more of a boxer, efficient boxer. So, with that being said, what, like, for, I'm going to say that if uh, if Rose is to take the dub, the things we need to see her implement is keeping the distance, um, pressure, and you know, coming in and boxing up, you feel me? That's what I'll need to see Rose do to really take this dub. Mm-hmm. What would you say that Manon needs to do to take this dub? What Manon do you need to see her implement? Manon just needs to fight her fight because uh, with Rose coming up in weight, that's the issue. If she wants to keep range with... She doesn't want to get hit with powerful shots up close, right? Yeah. If she's trying to keep range with Manon, Manon is a range fighter as well. She's just going to keep hitting her leg. And Rose being a, a boxing-heavy fighter, what is she going to do? She, those th- That land, those points land up. They they add up. You know, you're going to lose the round just because this girl's kicking your leg. And it's not a Muay Thai kick either. It's just a push kick, something like that. But those still count. So if Rose tries to keep the range, uh, you know, long, she's going to get pieced up with the leg work. If she tries to get close, she's gonna have to get close to this fucking behemoth of a woman at that division. You, you see what I'm saying? I see. I see. I see where. And I don't know if Rose has that dope. one punch knockout power at this division that she would have at strawweight. I agree. You know, coming up in weight does it also come up as strength, and we've seen that fail. But what I times. have always thought, and this is my one thing, I would have this would have been a very easy decision to me watching Mano Fioro fights. I have not seen a woman come to technically beat her. So I always thought if I could find a woman that's strong enough on Manon's level with better techniques, she would win. You understand? Like if So if you think was, if Rose comes in and she stands her ground, but comes in with the technical boxing, you think that'll be enough to break her standing guard? I think if Rose was the same size as Manon Fioro with this skill, I would have picked Rose already. Okay. Easy. Okay. So, all right. Well, I guess that kind of sums it up. This this battle is it's a hard pick. It's a very hard pick to me right now, to be honest. Mm. You know, I'm still go with Rose. Yeah, I'm going on still. So, stay tuned for that next episode cuz we're going to see who win, you know, just like this. My boy, I got a dollar on the line with you, bro. Perfect. So let's move on to the next fight because we've wasted enough time on this shit, on this debate. Cyril um, <laughs> Gone versus Sergey Spivak. Uh, I'm going to go... Who are you going with? As disappointing as the John Jones fight was, I'm going to go with Cyril Gone. I'm going to go with Cyril Gone, bro. I don't think that Sergey Spivak has the wrestling acumen the same way that John Jones does. John Jones will shoot a single leg, double leg, you know. Spivak, his he can wrestle, and he's beat. I mean, that's his bread and butter, is wrestling, dirty clinch work, things like that. Take you down and beat you up. But the way he gets those takedowns is a very different from John Jones. So what I would say is Spivak might be able to get gone on the fence, you know. But gone has is has that beautiful Muay Thai, that clinch work. He might just box you up on the clinch, and get get out of there. The way he was playing with Francis Ngannou for most of their fight. 
So I think Cyril Gaon, his le- the levels of his striking are going to just overpower Sergei Spivak's possibility of taking him down. You know, so I'm going to go Cyril Gaon. I haven't, I'm not ready to give up on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Cyril Gaon too. I'm not really going to talk about that John Jones fight because almost every fighter pitted against John Jones. We see just how much superior John Jones is. But Cyril Gaon, I also liked him from the start. I got hope for him. What I would say is that if he could keep his composure and technicality throughout this fight, he's coming in with a dub, no matter what. Yeah, if I was to compare... He has the strength. He, you know, we, we see him. He's physically fit. He's physically strong. And I got power and I got hope in his punches that it will connect. Yeah, if I was to compare these fights, I would just look at Sergey Spivak versus Tom Aspinall. Mm. Tom Aspinall just his, his the power the, the the power in his shots and his technique just overpowered Sergey Spivak. He couldn't even get his game started. I think that's what's going to happen similarly to Sergon because I find those fighters to be very similar and different. They have different bases, but they're very similar for that division, like their style. So yeah, I think Sergon is probably going to finish him probably pretty yeah. early. I, I also have faith in that finish. I want to say maybe finish round two. Mm-hmm. Because I think, not to say Cyril Gaon is a a slow starter, but definitely I want to say in that first round is where he gets his feel out, you know? Yeah, he likes to dance a little bit. He likes to see what you're going to do, try and get exactly. some out. Yeah. So definitely I'll see a round two TKO. Darn Probably cool. by, um, by right hand, if I'm going to get that deep with it. Yeah, something of that manner. I'm not. I'm not gonna say the exact strike, but I see it. I see it being a KO, TKO, TKO, something like that. Yeah, so, guys, this is the Hot Box Heroes on the Combat Corner, mm-hmm. and we recapped Max Holloway versus Zombie card. That was beautiful. Uh, the trajectory of these cards, I'm liking them. Because I think these cards are only getting bigger and better. Especially seeing new-gen competition. They're mixing it up well. They're very versatile. Uh, you could say the fighters you had on the radar again. From last fight? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had Billy Goff and Rolando Bedoya. So just to add to that, I want to add Junior Tafa to On the Radar. Okay. I think he's he's worth a mention and look at because again, if Junior Tafa and his brother, if both of them can I don't want to say up their game, but you know, just putting a little more work and a little more patience, I think they could they could go on one of the most insane runs as brothers in the UFC. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully, with these all these debutees coming on this next card, we can see some more people in the on the radar. You know, some more people coming up, and uh, I'm very excited. Let's see what Rose yeah. can do. Yeah, you know that's really what it is. Let's see. Let's see what happens. You know, we we gave you our picks, but as we know, one punch could really end it all in this in this game. So, you know, hopefully. I'm going to go with Rose. My boy is going with Manon. And, yeah, let's see who takes the dub. And with that being said, this is Hotbox Heroes, the combat corner. And 
you'll see us on the next episode. All right.